Resting in the Lord. What does that really mean? And what does it really not mean? Here's Pastor Bill Henry. This is not the kind of rest where I then go and sit on my couch as a Christian for the rest of my life. Okay, Lord, I'm going to go rest now. I got my recliner, you know, and I'm, I'm just sitting back and I'm resting. No, there is work for the Christian to do. But this work is different work now. It is a work that comes flowing from our hearts of joy and thankfulness and love to our God who has saved us. It's a work that is a happy work. It's a work that's more now a whistle while you work. This is Simple Faith with Pastor Bill Henry. Bill serves as senior pastor at Simple Faith Calvary Chapel in Vancouver. And today we begin a new series concentrating on one of the most familiar scriptures in all of the Bible, Psalm 23. Now this beautiful piece of poetry was written by King David and it has been memorized and recited by millions of Christians and even non-Christians. And actually we recite it so often we, we may start losing focus on what it really means. Pastor Bill is going to take us verse by verse through Psalm 23 over the next several months, and you won't want to miss a single message. And as we begin today, I should tell you that we were unable to air the first message in the series, so we're going to begin with verse 2 of Psalm 23. Here's Pastor Bill. Psalm 23, a psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Love that. Love it. Now let's look back at verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. You know, as we continue with our in-depth study of Psalm 23, written by David, a shepherd, we come now to verse 2. Just the beginning part. Notice he says here, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Another version says, He lets me rest in green meadows. Uh, a paraphrase says it like this, You have bedded me down in the lush meadows. And then we have Young's literal translation. It says, In pastures of tender grass, He causeth me to lie down. And that's the thought behind this. If you notice there where it says, where he maketh me to lie down, um, maketh me right there, it's maketh me to lie down is actually one word in the Hebrew. And it, you know, originally just means to lie down freely, to rest. But here it's in such a, 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 a case that it literally means that he causes us, he makes us to lay down and to rest. So Young's literal translation really catches it here as it says, In pastures of tender grass, he causes me to lay down. 
Remember the thought from verse 1 that the Lord is our shepherd. He is our good shepherd. And he causes his people to lay down in pastures of green grass, tender grass. Or more simply put, he, he, he causes us to rest and to be fed. To rest and to be fed. I don't know about you. Has anybody here ever raised sheep? Raise your hand if you've ever raised any sheep. I've never raised sheep. I've, I think I've petted a sheep once or twice throughout my life. You know, you go to the kids' petting zoo, or I think we went to the, the, the county, Clark County Fair one time, and, you know, even the cotton, what didn't seem very soft to me, you know, not, it wasn't cotton, but you know what I mean, they're, well, they're wool, excuse me, didn't seem very, you know, soft to me, but, you know, it's interesting you know, when I think about raising sheep, I usually think about these rolling, you know, lush green hills and these sheep just running upon them, just frolicking, if you will. Almost like, you know, I always picture it's like something like the Pacific Northwest, just green and lush, or maybe our visions float over to Ireland and, you know, Ayelade, and just, you know, just the green lush hills and the, the flowing grass, the gentle rolling hills, the blue skies. And a, a, just a slightly breezy day. And there's the sheep. Oh, just everything's so perfect. And yet, remember where David is writing this from. He, he's outside of a little town called Bethlehem. And the, the region is dry. It's brown and extremely rocky. Uh, you, you know, it, it more reminds me if you've ever been out you know, in the desert Victorville in, in California. It's just kind of, it just yuck, if you will. And, but why do I point this out? Well, I point this out because spiritually, the world we live in today, in, in, in our day, is more like the, 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 the region of Bethlehem. In other words, spiritually, the world around us is dry, it's brown, and it's extremely rocky or rugged. And we need to understand, this is a picture spiritually of the world we live in. Dry, brown, and rugged. Yet within this world, our Lord, our Good Shepherd, still causes us to lay down to rest in green, lush pastures. And again, if we were living there, the picture would be more stark. This wasn't just a thing that would naturally happen. It took a lot of work. But this is the heart of the Lord for our lives as Christians. That we would be continually resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. That we would continually rest in him and have no more works to try to be saved. To find rest in this wearied world. Now just a quick side note. You know, because we have to be careful. This is not the kind of rest where I then go and sit on my couch as a Christian for the rest of my life. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to go rest now. I got my recliner, you know, and I'm, I'm just sitting back and I'm resting. No, there is work for the Christian to do. But this work is different work now. It is a work that comes flowing from our hearts of joy and thankfulness and love to our God who has saved us. He has saved us. And man, you know, it's a work that is a happy work. It's a work that's more now a whistle while you work. 
You know, guys and gals, there are green pastures that we rest in in the Lord. And we are to find rest in him, peace in him, to be fed in the glorious green pastures of his glorious and living word. We rest in him. We, we feed upon him through his word. Again, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And notice the end of verse 2 there. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And next week, the Lord willing, if we're all here, we're going to be looking at that verse as well. But this morning, again, we look at that our shepherd causes us to lay down, to sit down in the green pastures to rest. To lie down in peace. You know, I think that even as we speak about this this morning, that this can be a very distant thing to us as Christians. That this can be a thing that a lot of times, that, that when I speak of peace and I speak of rest, a lot of us yearn for this. Anybody yearning for peace and rest in your life? Man, I think all of us, but again, even as followers of Jesus Christ. And yet what we don't understand, it is available to each one of us. Now the world tells us there is no peace available. Talia and I, you know, we were watching a little bit of the Hallmark Channel last night. You know, and pretty safe still so far for the most part. And, and there's a commercial that came on and said, if you're taking an antidepressant drug and Yet they still say that, you know, two-thirds of those taking antidepressant drugs, it still doesn't work. So we have another drug that you can take to add on top of your antidepressant drug. And then it goes on, though, and I, 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 Talia and I listened specifically for the list of all the side effects. You know, blindness, death, you know, suicide, more depression. I mean, sincerely, all these, these things... You see, because the world tells us we can only get peace through drugs. The world tells us we can only get peace through being rich or through being famous. The world tells us that we can only get peace through drinking. I'm going to drink my cares away. Beloved, that's the opposite of peace. That's the opposite of what God is talking about here. And you see, so many people yearn for this peace. So many people long for this peace. That's why, you know, even within America, we have, you know, our suicide rates are skyrocketing. Because people try what the world tells them to have peace. They try what the psychologists tell them, hey, you know, this is how you can have peace. But what they don't tell you is what the psychologist tells you changes about every 8 to 10 to 12 years. Well, yes, we used to say this, but now we say this. Well, wait a minute. If this is science, how can it change? Because it is not science. And I tell you what, guys and gals, especially as Christians, you see, again, the drugs they even give you for peace to, you know, for, you know, to take away your anxieties, they're just drugs that numb you. It's not healing you. It's not helping you. It's like when, uh, you know, we go and, and all of a sudden you have a cut on your hand. If the doctor says, I'm going to give you some Novocaine, man, we're going to get that numb. Oh, that's great, doc. Let's do it. So they put the Novocaine in and they get it all numb. All right, we'll see you later, Bill. Well, wait a minute, doc. Don't you need to close this up? Isn't it going to get infected? And all? Oh, no, you're good. You can't feel it, right? No, I can't feel it. Oh, you're all good. That's what a psychologist does, guys and gals. That's what a lot of doctors do today. It, you don't feel it anymore. It's okay. So they put kids, five, six, seven, eight years old on these drugs. 
I remember, there was a kid in junior high school, Scott. I can't remember his last name. He was a crazy kid, dude. He was, I was a crazy kid. He was even crazier. You know, and, and he, was one of the, he was the first kid I ever knew that was, had to go to the nurse's office to take this drug to help him mellow out. And I'll tell you, I didn't like the kid after he took his drugs. Even though he was crazy and he'd do, you know, crazy things, and usually because I knew his, his background and he was abused by his dad, and, you know, I knew all this stuff, and that was why he was acting out, but they didn't address that. They just numbed him down. So he'd go from being this crazy wild kid that would be obnoxious sometimes to this kid who was just like, <laughs> and so we, we dumb down, our, we do this. But again, even Christians, we buy into this. We buy into the world system instead of coming to our shepherd and saying, Lord, I see what I read here. I want this. And the Lord says, oh, sorry, bro. You got to wait 2,000, 3,000 almost years until they come out with Xanax. Then, then you'll be okay or some other drug they're going to give you. Sorry, you can't have this peace. Do you ever think about that, guys? What did they do 2,000 years ago? Well, they just never had peace. That's not true. You see, beloved in Christ, we live in a world that is dry, a world that is brown, a world that is rugged to live in. And a lot of Christians aren't aware of or maybe have perhaps forgotten that the choice to have peace in our lives is ours. Has nothing to do with the chemicals in our brains, nothing to do with the chemicals in our bodies. It has everything to do with who and what we believe. What do I believe? I want to believe God in His Word. Anybody else can have an amen? Amen. You see, guys and gals, it is our choice to enter into the rest found in Jesus Christ or not. I don't believe you, Pastor Bill. I've been trying to enter in for years. Turn with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 9. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also entered from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. You see, guys and gals, when we're not entering into the rest of God, it's, it's almost always, almost every single time is because we are being disobedient to the Lord. We don't like to think about it that way. But that's what it is. Notice, we can therefore strive to enter that rest. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Well, how do I strive to enter that rest? How do I strive to enter that rest? Philippians chapter 4. Now this is a familiar verse to all of us, verses here, especially if you've battled with fear or anxiety. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9. I'm going to read this out of the New Living to give it a little breath of fresh air, perhaps, to some of us. Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. You hear that, everybody? It doesn't say, hey, don't worry about most things. Don't worry about some of the things. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Notice verse 7, and you might want to circle this, highlight this in your Bible. Then, then. 
then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Check this out. Fix your thoughts on. And then he goes on to tell us what to fix our thoughts on. What is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, and what is admirable. Those are the things as Christians we are to be fixing our thoughts upon if you want peace. Notice it goes on. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. You see, it's not a mystery of how to have peace as a Christian. The thing is, are we going to be obedient to the Lord through his word? Well, I kind of tried that one time. I kind of read through, and, and I went, and I just, I didn't get that peace. Guys and gals, it's something that takes time. It's something that we enter into by faith. Lord, you know what? I'm, I'm going to believe your word over believing everything else I've heard and been taught my whole life. The Bible tells us to take every thought captive. So if you're one that struggles with worry and fear, and you know some people are just, there's thoughts come into my head, that's great. Take them, in the, take them when they come, come in. You can't keep them from coming in. But take them captive right there by the power, by the blood of Jesus Christ. God doesn't tell us something, take every thought captive and say, oh, sorry, Randy, you're not going to be able to do it. Everybody else will, but not you. Sorry, brother. But that's how we act sometimes. Oh, I can't control my thoughts. Of course we can. But sometimes it also takes controlling what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're seeing, what we continue to think about. We need to be careful, guys and gals, but understand that if God tells us to do something like take your thoughts captive, then he will, by his Holy Spirit, give us the power to do so. But what are you going to believe? What do I believe? Do I believe God and his word? Or not? Or do I believe, well, I believe I'm going with my own experiences. Well, how's that working out for you? You know, it's interesting coming back to our text here in Psalm 23 when he's talking about finding rest in him to to, to lie down in the green pastures. Again, that's the, the thought there, to lie down to rest in the Lord. You know, one of the commentators, it was kind of neat, he was actually a shepherd for a time. He actually shepherded sheep for a time, and he writes with the experience and understanding of what David was actually saying as a shepherd. And it's interesting because the depth in which he goes is is truly breathtaking. I'm going to share just kind of a little bit, you know, throughout this study of what he was saying. One of the things he spoke of that before a sheep can actually come and sit down and rest— Before they can do that, he said there's four main issues a shepherd has to take care of. Four main issues. We're going to go over those briefly this morning. He said, number one, one of the four main issues for a sheep to take rest, and again, this applies to all of our lives, to feel safe from all enemies. Number one, the sheep needs to feel safe from all enemies. Number two, to be safe from the attack of other sheep. Number three, to be safe from insects, flies, and ticks, things that drive them mad with distractions. And number four was to be fed, to be well fed. 
So number one, to feel safe from all enemies. Number two, to be safe from attack from other sheep. Number three, to be safe from insects, flies, and ticks, and distractions. And lastly, to be well fed. And he said, once these four main things have been dealt with, the sheep are usually at peace. They can lay down, go to sleep, they can rest, and they can grow as healthy sheep. Now let's take just a brief look at these four areas. And perhaps, too, it'll help some of us here this morning to enter into that promised rest in our Lord Jesus Christ. So number one, to feel safe from all enemies. You know, one of the worst things that happened to me when I was a kid is some of the movies we watched. Because there was enough enemies that we already had, you know, whether it's the kid, the bully down the street, or this or that, right? I didn't need to hear about Chucky, or I didn't need to hear about some other, you know, guy at a, you know, summer camp hacking kids to death and all this stuff. I remember even going to a Christian summer camp. And the, the, you know, the counselors took us up on this hill and were like, well, what are we doing? And it was dark and it was night. And it's like, well, we're going to stay up all night. And we're like, well, why? What's going on? And I'm like eight years old. They're like, well, why? What's going on? Well, you see, there's some people that, ra- that come and raid the camp. And, and you see those, there's a, a thing of water over by us. And you see that thing of water? You see those, you know, things that are sticking out of the water? There's little kids that are on the end of each one of those sticks. And they came and they killed them all. So we're, we're keeping watch the whole night. And I'm like, where's my dad and his gun, man? We'll take care of anybody. Because we're just sitting there watching. There's no weapons, no nothing. Give me my, you know, BB gun at least, something. But it instilled a fear in me that night. And as you watch other things, they instill fear. You know, I'll tell the teams, we've talked about some of the, you know, stupid movies that have come out the last couple of years that everybody has to see. And I know some people here, you know, the Stephen King stupid thing about the clowns, you know. And, you know, it, that's it. Everybody knows it. And it's just like, and I tell the kids, why do you want to put that garbage in your brain? How is that glorifying to Christ? It's just going to make you more afraid of clowns if you're already afraid of them. You know, and then you got all these things that, you know, across the country where, you know, they show these clowns appearing and on video and coming up to people, scaring them. It's like, dude, they'd be shot. I, I don't understand how some of them are alive even with what they've been doing. But again, it puts this fear into people and, and well, I like to be scared. You know what? It, there's something wrong if you like to be scared. Sincerely, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be whatever. But, but that's not, we don't read anywhere in the scripture, hey, Go be scared. It's a real fun for you. Put those thoughts in your brain that you can never take out. Put those images. Be careful, guys and gals. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Because when we, the, 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 the eyes, as they say, is the, the doorway to the heart, to the soul. So we have to be careful, guys and gals, because we are sheep. Whether we like it or not, and we have very, we have a lot of enemies that are real. We have a lot of enemies, but think about our sheep for a moment. They have many enemies, but are basically defenseless animals. They, you know, in the last couple, 300 years, they say that there's a lot of strains of sheep now that are being raised domestically that don't have horns. Most of your sheep before that had horns, unless they, you know, were born with some kind of weird malady or something and didn't. So they could use their horns, but even then they just, that's not what sheep for the most part do. They, they run. That's their main defense is they run away from danger. Now, 
even if they had the horns, they're still quite easy to kill. They're not agile animals, especially if they have all their, you know, wool and everything. They're kind of slow. So they're, you know, easy targets for cougars, for wolves, for coyotes, just to name a few. Even wild dogs. I read about, you know, how there was one wild dog one night and he killed over 70 sheep. One dog. And he wasn't eating the sheep. He just was on a killing rampage. You see, guys and gals, today we have enemies all around us. We have the world, we have the devil, and even our own flesh. And and there are many Christians today who live in constant and continual fear of the enemies that we have within this world. Thank you so much for joining us for Simple Faith with Pastor Bill Henry from Simple Faith Calvary Chapel in Vancouver, Washington. Now, if you were blessed by today's message from the 23rd Psalm, you can go to our website and watch the video or download an audio MP3. And we have a large number of Pastor Bill's messages archived there. You can find them all at simplefaith.org. That's simplefaith.org. And if you'd like to contact us via the U.S. mail, our mailing address is Post Office Box 55, Battleground, Washington, and the zip code is 98604. Here at Simple Faith Calvary Chapel, we have two services on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. So if you're looking for a church home, make plans to join us for fellowship, worship, and a great time in God's Word at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. Thank you so much for joining us today and be sure to set aside another half hour next weekend at the same time as our study in Psalm 23 continues here on Simple Faith with Pastor Bill Henry. Brought to you by Simple Faith Calvary Chapel. Have a wonderful week in the Lord.